Welcome back to the QB11 show presented by Scoop Duck. This is our post-game instant reaction edition. And QB, unlike the Ducks, we will come out fired up and ready to go from the first snap. Yeah, that was uh, minor. Well, not minor. It was majorly frustrating, actually, for the first 15 minutes of the game. Because it was just, it was very clear what the problem was. It was just like we were sleepwalking, not really all that focused and executing well. And then the second that we woke up, the game was over. Um, yeah. Wow. And again, like that, that's going to happen once in a season. Um, no matter how good of a coaching staff you have, no matter how good of a team you have, that's going to happen. But it doesn't make it less frustrating when it happens. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, it happened to Georgia last year and the year before, too. So it happened, like you said, it happens to every team in college football. Um, you know, I think two things, two positives I'll take out of that. One, the fact that when they woke up and turned it on, like, you know, it, it didn't turn into the, you know, we've seen the Oregon team so, so much in the past, even in this game, you know, like two years ago at Stanford or other games against inferior competition where we struggled early, but then we, it turned into a full game struggle. Right. And it turned into yeah. a game where that even, even if they won, they won in the fourth quarter against Cal on a fourth down stop in the end zone or, you know, or an overtime loss at Stanford, right? Like those games that you, you came out flat in, you let affect the entire game. And Oregon, like you said, flipped the proverbial light switch and and never looked back. And and so I think those are that's the positive I'll take away from from the negative of the cold start. And then the other thing is the defense, even though they were giving up a lot to, to Stanford's kind of scripted plays in the first two drives, in the red zone they held up and, and forced field goals. That's the other thing you like to see coming out of that. Yeah, I mean, the the first two drives accounted for 100 yards of offense for Stanford, 106 yards of offense yeah, for Stanford. Yeah, half of their, half of their out game of, total. Out of their, out of their 220 yards in the total game, right? So um, I thought the defense played well, and like that's also factoring for tons of like a whole quarter of garbage time. Like Oregon didn't show up in the first quarter, but put the game away and like went on a 42-0 to run through quarters two and three, and then the game was over and it was garbage time, and we were playing freshmen and backups against their starters. And they were still holding up to the standard and playing really good, uh, good ball in the, in the fourth quarter. So, I'm I'm pleased with the performance. I'm pleased with the outcome. Again, you just you don't want to see that become a trend, um, specifically with some of the road games that are coming up after the bye week. Yeah, yeah, you can't go up to Husky Stadium and and do that. Now, I don't expect this team to because, I mean, they're not gonna they're not gonna treat everything about that game is gonna be different. Going into that game is gonna be different than this one, right? And as much as you know, every coach and every player wants to say, you know, every game's the same, nameless faces, opponent, you know, one day at a time, every game's the Super Bowl. Like, the reality is, like, nobody actually can do that. And I, I, I would no. be shocked if they came out flat in Seattle. That would be very shocking. No, they're not going to come out flat in a game like that, right? Like, that's going to be a top 10 matchup between two really, really good football teams, which is going to go a long way um, to deciding seating for the conference. For the conference. So, um I, I I think this is a little blip on the radar, and it's something to monitor, right? If it becomes a reoccurring issue, uh, but again, like, how do you want to respond? Well, starting from minute one of the second quarter, we beat their ass for the rest of the game, um, and that's really what you want. Yeah, I mean, let's you can talk about some of the the stats in this one. I you know, on the team side of things, you know, Oregon five hundred and six yards to two hundred twenty two. So you know, Oregon averaged. Nine yards per passing play, seven and a half yards per rush. Stanford, 
five and a half per pass, one point nine for ru- per rush, only three point two per play on the on the on the whole game. Which that's two weeks in a row where Oregon held their opponent to around two hundred yards, six points total, and uh, and un- under three and a half yards per play, which is is really really good. And I, I tweeted this out earlier. Oregon's starting defense hasn't given up a touchdown since the third quarter of the Texas Tech game. Uh, and Oregon's defense in total has only given up two touchdowns in that time, and they were both in garbage time, you know, with starting offenses against uh, Oregon's, you know, third or fourth stringers. So the defense has been very, very good. Obviously, the challenge they're going to face coming up with the next set of teams, you know, is much is much greater. But, you know, you'd rather have this kind of performance going into those games than not. Yeah, I mean, when you've won your last two games, 84 to 12, that's a pretty good, like, it's hard to complain about those performances. Uh, and, like, the way that Stanford was playing this was really smart, in my opinion. Like, they were trying to make yes. shorten the game, bleed as much clock as they could to avoid getting blown out. And what happened anyway? They got blown out. Um, and so that, that's the sign of a really good football team when a team is very clearly – and they were being creative in the ways that they were going about it. I thought the play calling, for as limited as Stanford is and some of the things they could do, I thought they were really creative um, with their quarterback run game and some of the things that they are trying to do to get the offense going. Uh, and those were things that I think would have given this defense a lot of problems a year ago, uh, specifically just the way that we tackle in space, leverage the ball, um, the, the overall athleticism of the defense, being able to change directions and make plays on guys. We're finishing sacks. It's kind of, it's really night and day from a year ago. Like this is a legitimately good defense now. Uh, and, and it's fun because we're seeing guys step up and start to become better players on a weekly basis. Like to, today, for me, Nico Reed made a lot of strides. Like mm-hmm. I thought he played really well. And that pass interference call they called on him is ridiculous. Stanford has been working Pac-12 refs for over a decade now by just absolutely <laughs> mauling corners and then getting pass interferences called on him for it. Um, but so that, besides the point. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Steve Stevens, uh, again, you, you know, in a backup role, is is playing the best ball of his career. Uh, Evan Williams continues to be an all-conference, you know, type of player and proving that that's a guy that'll play at the next level in some capacity. Um, you know, Taki Tamani stepped in today with uh, Popo being a no-go. Taki played a lot more staffs, you know, and, and had six tackles in this one, had a tackle for loss. Uh, I think Oregon had five five sacks on the day again after getting seven last week. And I love the way they're mixing up their pressures, right? They're not just doing this, not just doing rush four. They're not blitzing all the time. So, you know, they're where they're bringing the, pre- you know, it's Dan, it's classic Dan, Georgia Kirby defense, right? I mean, they're bringing the pressures from different ways and different manners. And it's really, it's really being effective. And you could tell Dan's way more involved in what's going on now than he was a year ago on defense. Uh, you can also tell that the guys are just more comfortable. They know where they're supposed to be going. And because of that, because of the confidence in, in their in their in their roles and their assignment, they're playing fast. Um, and I just love the physicality that we're playing with. Like we are not just arriving and wrapping up and bringing guys down. Like guys like Evan Williams and Jamal Hill are cracking people, um, and our yeah. corners are tackling with a lot of physicality. And we're playing off blocks well. And that's and that's moving down the depth chart. Like Amari Washington in the, at the in the fourth quarter of this game was like playing fantastic he's a completely different player than he was four weeks ago it's insane how much he's improved uh and that's that's pretty much true for across the team in all roles um the one thing like if we we're gonna nitpick a 42 to 6 victory where after two drives that that we got stops and held in the field goals they didn't do anything offensively the rest of the game like 
I don't know what's going on with the vertical passing game. And like, we're just a little bit off with the deep ball right now between Bo and the receivers. Um, and that needs to get fixed because those opportunities need to be converted in those bigger games. Um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm really hoping that, that, that that's something yeah. that we see addressed over the bye week. Um, Cause it, I've seen Bo be accurate downfield before. I think that that whole shot he threw to Franklin in the third quarter uh, was a really nice, like kind of like, okay, yeah, he's fine. Cause that was a hell of a ball. Um, but there was, there was opportunities for a few more explosives in this game that we need to connect on in games going forward. Yeah. I mean, that shot, that first shot to Tez was long. I thought the second one, it was, again, it was a tough ball. Tez had to adjust, but it, you know, definitely seemed like one he could have had, you know, the placement was there, you know, but like you said, the sink, the sink between, all of that is still a little off. It was nice to see that whole shot. And Franklin made a great play to get into the end zone on that one too. And, and actually speaking of Troy, um, you know, he, another seven, seven catches, 117 yards, two touchdowns. Like he's extremely consistent game after game after game. His stat line is almost identical every game outside of Hawaii, which he only played the first half. It's like, okay, well, he's going to catch six to eight balls for a hundred, 110 to 120 yards and one or two touchdowns. Like every he's on pace for, 77, 1,315, I think, right now. No, 18. Which sorry. is awesome. Yeah, and, uh, be, uh, all three me, of those would just, be Oregon records. All three of those would be Oregon records. To me, it's just smart coaching. Like, you're feeding your best player the ball. You're They're they're figuring out ways to get in the ball in different situations. Obviously, we're taking shots over the top to them probably once a quarter. Um, but we're also getting in the ball in the screen game and the extended run in the RPO game. Um, we're finding ways to isolate him in the intermediate passing game and tight and quick game. I, I just love the way that um, Stein is layering concepts in a way that allows Franklin to get the touches that really this team needs him to get. Um, because Troy Franklin getting the ball eight times a game means our offense is putting up a lot of points. Um, and I was super pleased with the way that Jordan James ran today. I, I, Coming into the season, we had heard some rumblings that like he was one of the better backs, if not like probably worst case, the second best back in the room. And I, I see it like he's got fantastic run instincts. Uh, yeah. I'm really excited about the future of Jordan James. Yeah, obviously you never want to lose a player like Noah Whittington, but when you have a guy like Jordan James who can pick up the slack and take up those carries, I mean six six rushes, 88 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, come on, 15 yards per carry. Obviously, you know that's that's. Well, the small sample size, but but he's been running like that all season long, right? I mean, uh, Bucky obviously thirteen eighty eight and a touchdown himself. So the the ground game continues to roll on two hundred eight yards total in that group. Jaden Lamar, you know, had had a, a couple of nice runs there in his limited time and garbage time when when Stanford knew he was going to run and the line backup lineman backup running back where man managed to pick up two first downs and in the game. Yeah, and I'm loving like seeing these some of these secondary targets at receiver start to emerge and make bigger plays. Whether it's Holden or Gary Bryant. today, um, yeah, like making a lot of big plays. And I think as the timing and spacing, the the one thing I've noticed, and to as I've I, as you know, I, I dug into a lot more tape this week because I had some time um, and I had the all twenty two. And like there has been some spacing issues for us in the passing game. Um, and I thought that that was much cleaned up this week relative to um, weeks prior. And, and I'm looking forward to watching the tape and digging into that a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously we'll get into this as we do, as we both rewatch the game and we uh, re-record tomorrow night and we'll release that Monday morning. We'll get more into the details. But, you know, overall just, you know, it, it was the game you, outside of that, 
that first quarter, which I think got people a little a little nervous, and maybe some Duck fans had some flashbacks to two years ago. But outside of that, it was it was the the dominating kind of no contest performance that I think everyone was was hoping to see and expecting to see from the Duck team. You know, winning forty two to six in this one, and um, you know, I never really felt I never really felt that. I never really felt like we were going to lose. Just felt like you said, frustrated that that they came out a little flat. But I give I give the coaches and players credit because you know oftentimes when you do that, it's hard to turn that around, and they did. Yeah, I think that ultimately, like, I was not really I was more frustrated than I was worried at any point in this game. Like I was just like, what are we doing? We're allowing these guys to convert, like, kind of, in my opinion, ticky tacky stuff. Yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree. I, I think that was, it was frustrating. You know, the like, I think it was either the first or second possession. We had, we had like a third and five and we threw a deep shot. And yeah, it's there and you got to take it. But also the part of you is like, it's it's third and five, you know, pick up the pick up the first down and, and get a new set, right? Uh, so that, you know, that's a little frustrating. Um, again, you know, pick, you know, picking nits. Sorry, Doug, I was, I was running into some interference there. You're all good. Um, You're all good. Yeah, but there was just some ticky-tacky stuff. And then ultimately, like, as the game went on, it, we wore them down, and then we just really punished them in those short yard situations, both on offense and defense. And, and a lot of times, those short yard conversion run, run plays were turning into explosives, and that's what you want to see. So, again, I, instant reactions. I'm pleased with the win. Frustrated with the slow start, but it's going to be – it's going to happen at some point in a 12-game season. It's a long season, so – yeah, a couple of things to note. Popo didn't play. Um, Kyrie Jackson went down. I, you know, early. I, I don't. I think he's fine. I think he came back onto the field. I don't know if he played again. That might have just been precautionary. Um, obviously, uh, J- Justin Jacobs didn't play. I'm not sure if Nashad Strother got in the game. I'll have to check the snap counts later. Uh, you know, I think he and Justin are both really, 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 really close. I guess with a bye week coming up, the staff probably thought you know giving him two more weeks was was better than trying to get him some reps in this game um you know uh Julio Florence who has also kind of been battling some minor injuries off and on started the game um and then kind of went out you know I think mid-second quarter as well so those are things to keep an eye on through the through the bye week and into Washington but it doesn't seem like any of those outside of obviously Noah appear to be like serious or significant injuries so it should be a pretty healthy team as much as you can expect through five games going into going into the game in seattle yeah and i think that there's some guys that could have played today if it was a bigger game but i think they knew that they could get through with a limited roster and so i think that's smart roster management and also allows you to get reps to guys that are younger and need need to learn still and need, need some good reps for good film and having that film going into a bye week is really really useful because you'll be able to focus on those things during that first half of the week where you're really just going back to fall camp and doing skill development stuff again. Yeah, absolutely. A couple other stats in this one, uh, you know, Bo Nix against shaky start. He kind of starts slow a lot of times, you know, kind of starts a little, little yippy sometimes, but you know, he, 27 for 32, 290 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, had three, three rushes for 18 yards in this one as well, which was, you know, a little bit more than we've seen at some, sometimes this season. He, he uses legs effectively a couple of times. I think one of them, one or two were scrambles, but there was one that was definitely a designed kind of zone read that he pulled it and got an easy first down. And that's something that, like you said, as we move into this next set of games, is could be valuable. Um, talked about the running backs, talked about Troy. Gary Bryant, five for 58. 
Terrence Ferguson, probably his best receiving game of the year, four for 49, and that huge fourth down touchdown catch. Treshawn, six catches, 33 yards, and a touchdown. And then uh, Chris Hudson got his first catch of the year. Kenyon Sadiq had another one. <laughs> Tried to hurdle a guy, probably learned uh, as a freshman. Probably not a good idea at this level. Um, yeah. Yeah. No overall, takeaways. I guess that's the one thing you'd probably look for. You know, defense isn't really getting a lot of takeaways. Yeah. I, they didn't give us a lot of opportunities, right? Like they played very well. Like really, they played within 10, 10 yards of the line of scrimmage all game. Um, and we did a good job of just stopping things where they were caught and, and moving moving forward. So uh, that's all I got, Doug. Do you have anything you want to add? No, I think that's good. We will uh, be back Monday morning with a full breakdown of this game, all the other Pac-12 games and the other games from around the country. I think there's been some some wild action already. We can talk about uh, plenty. So listen for that on Monday morning. Follow us at QB11 Show on Twitter, and we will talk to you soon.